I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Uh, about, uh, gosh, it's been like four, over four years now ago, uh, I experienced some trauma, some physical trauma. I uh, broke my, my nose, my cheeks, and my upper jawbone. And I got to tell you, I had to have some help for that. I needed some expertise. I couldn't put myself back together. Uh, and it, it was painful. It hurt. But I had to confront that pain, let the doctors do what they do so well. Uh, and then I had to take time to heal. Well, there's all sorts of trauma in our lives. Uh, the physical one is sort of the most obvious one. But uh, spiritual and emotional, psychological trauma, it leaves scars as well. Uh, and it needs to be dealt with in order to properly heal. We're going to talk about that. So if you've experienced some things in your life, uh, especially if you've never really dealt with them, this uh, would be a very good time for you to listen uh, and, and maybe take some steps towards healing. Uh, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help uh, move people to, towards healing and wholeness. Hello out there in Choctaw, Oklahoma. If you're watching live, you're invited to be a part of the conversation. We're on chat on multiple channels. My guest today is Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter, uh, and he has a book. Uh, out right now where he's dealing with this idea of trauma. It is called Set Free. It looks just like this. It's available wherever you get books. And the subtitle is Released from the Damage of Trauma. And, you know, with my physical trauma, they they did what they needed to do, and they released me from the hospital on Thanksgiving Day, and I went home to heal. And thank God I did. I wouldn't be ta- I literally couldn't talk to you today if I hadn't done that. There's some of you that need to do that spiritually and emotionally, and we're going to hopefully put you on the path. Dr. Ledbetter, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Thanks for having me, Randy. It's been three years. It's been, yeah, almost three years now. So I'm, I'm guessing that you wrote this book in response to something. What in your experience uh, made you say this is a topic that needs to be addressed? Um, I, thank you for that question. That that That's good because... Um, <clears throat> I um, I sit on the board of, of a national organization that's headquartered here in Fresno. It's called Fresno Leadership Connection, but one of the one of the auspices of it under is uh, Parenting Partners. We are in most all independent school districts, including the Dallas Independent School District, with parent enhancement classes. And uh, I was sitting in a board meeting, and um, COVID just absolutely devastated the educational system, particularly out here in California. Um, a lot of people don't know, but Fresno uh, Unified is the fourth largest unified school district in California. And 90% of the students in Fresno Unified live below the poverty line. And what COVID did to them uh, was almost unconscionable, uh, you know, or how we reacted to it. Yeah. And the trauma that that caused kids being at home with parents and, you know, when there's all kind of trouble, there's all kind of uh, trouble then that boils to the top between parent and child and child and parent and sibling to sibling. 
And the trauma that they started talking about here um, really didn't come from here. It came from the education department. Um, and I was sitting in this board meeting and they came in and said, we're going to have to change our curriculum. Uh, we're going to have to write some new curriculum. And the curriculum has to do with something called trauma informed. So they wanted everybody in the school district to be informed about trauma and what it, what it does and what it is. I also was listening to uh, a speaker that spoke for a, or a nonprofit organization called Teen Challenge. And he really got to my heart when he said he's never heard a, a pastor. He's never heard a preacher. He's been in a lot of churches to raise money. He has never heard a pastor preach a sermon on trauma and how to deal with it. And he asked that question, where are you pastors? Where are you when it comes to trauma? Because the suicide rate is, is out of sight. Hmm. Um, depression is out of sight, um, uh, especially uh, with the isolation that um, COVID brought on. Hmm. Uh, people are isolated. And isolation leads to hopelessness and hopelessness leads to desperation and desperation will lead to whatever. Mm -hmm. People will do a lot of things not to be desperate. So the suicide rate had gone up. So um, in talking to uh, uh, several of the, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really choosing my words. I don't want to bring anybody in. I don't have permission to say their names, but I was talking to some education officials and we were talking about this trauma as I was looking to write this book. And I asked them, uh, well, what are, what are you uh, speaking about? What is the curriculum going to be about and how do we address the students? And they would always talk about, well, it's going to be the emotional and the social, the emotional trauma and the social trauma that we're talking about. And I, uh, I said, well, it's a three-legged stool. You know, we're, we're not just body and soul. Um, uh, we're, we're one more. And that third is spirit. And what I don't see is that third leg of the stool. And they actually told me, Randy, yeah, the third leg of, the, of that stool is government. Yeah. So the education system sees the uh, uh, the child as uh, as uh, uh, a a social being and a um, emotional being and a ward of the state. Uh, the state needs to do something about it. The government needs to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I challenged them, and I challenged them. I said, "No, it is social, uh, emotional, and spiritual. Where is the spiritual?" I said, "Actually." Uh, your spirit, the spirit is more real than the body. I mean, uh, what you can see, the Bible says, is temporal. Mm. What you can't see is eternal. And so it's it's more real than the body. And they didn't, they really didn't like, we, we got into some, not heated, but, you know, some very vigorous uh, conversations about it not being spiritual. That's not what they're here for. That may be what I'm here for, but that's not what they're here for. So they leave the spiritual totally out. So that really hit my heart. And I thought, you know, I need to, I need not to be one of those pastors that does not speak to my people on trauma. So I, I developed a series uh, called Set Free, Release from the Damage of Trauma, because that's what trauma does. It damages you. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, there's a 10... Um, it is a 10 sermon series. Um, and uh, I, I tell you, 
we're we're Baptist, and a lot of times we're we're loud, and we say amen, and we talk back, and you know that's that sort of thing in our church. But on those Sundays when I spoke on trauma, um, you could hear a pin drop. Hmm. I spoke I, I I I spoke on from fear to faith. How do you get there? Because the trauma creates fear, mm-hmm. and fear then creates anxiety. So how do you get from anxiety to assurance? Mm -hmm. And then fear and anxiety create moodiness in you, mood swings, confusion. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you're going. So you're, you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 from moodiness to maturity, how do you get there? And then those three, uh, come to isolation. You'll isolate yourself Mm -hmm. when you have fear and anxiety and mood swings, you know, people don't want to be around you you're really running them off and they're leaving you. And so you will isolate yourself, which is the most uh, dangerous time of all of these because isolation leads to hopelessness and hopelessness needs to, leads to desperation and desperation will lead to whatever. Okay. And then after that, when you've got those, the next thing in order to be safe and in order to live, you live by lies. Um, you it, Because lying creates a safe place hmm. for you to dwell hmm. and you don't have to deal with the truth. Hmm. You can, you can live with lies. So you've got those five fear to anxiety, to moodiness, to isolation, to lies. And then the one thing that's most difficult that, that hinders you from getting over trauma is you yourself sure. Sure. inside. So that was the series. And, I'm telling you, it, that turned into the book. That's the chapters of the book, and we deal with it. And uh, the the book has just helped a ton of people up to this point. Let, let me interject and ask, uh, because you just laid out a bunch of things, the fear, the anxiety, the moodiness, the isolation, the lies. Are those the causes of trauma, or you're saying those are the result of trauma? Results. Results. Those are the okay. results. So t- walk me through some of the most common types of trauma. You touched on poverty. Uh, of course, I touched on the you know physical trauma of an accident, but what are the common uh, emotional, spiritual root causes of the trauma that then lead to the, all, all the things that you, you spelled out with the fear and anxiety and isolation? Yeah, that, that's that's really good because most people most people believe that trauma is an event. Mm. Okay, I, um, let's go to some of the worst. Okay, I was raped that's trauma. No, that's a traumatic event. And uh, one of the worst of the traumatic events, but that's not trauma. Um, Trauma is the chronic reaction to the event. That's why three people can go through the same event and only one of them suffer trauma Hmm. because they can't get over it. And they, they, um, uh, constantly relive it and relive it and relive it and relive it, hoping for a different outcome. If I can oversimplify this to help everybody understand it, and especially us guys, sports illustration, the guy who has three seconds left in the football championship game, and he's the field goal kicker, and he kicks and he misses. Uh, he falls to the turf, grabs his head. That's a traumatic thing for him. That's an event. Sure. But for the next year, he, he he has to wait for the championship the next year 
to be in the championship again, and hopefully he'll get to redeem himself there. But all through the that year, he relives that missed kick, mm-hmm. hoping it will go through the the goalpost this time. Yeah. But the replay never does. Yeah. He's hoping for a different outcome. So that's why people. That's that's what trauma is. They relive it, relive it, relive it, hoping for a different outcome. But the outcome is not going to change that event. Yeah. You can't rewind and take that event out of your life. It's there. Uh, is is that the sticking point for people in that they can't remove that traumatic yes. event? That that yes. that horrible thing that happened. Uh, yeah, they they can't get. Why did that happen to me? Okay. And it didn't happen to anybody else. Why did that happen to me? Yeah. And okay. and they just all the questions just keep going and keep going and keep going. Our our prison system is filled with people who uh, who chronically reacted to an event, and it caused them to act out to try. Uh, just maybe it'll be different this time. Hmm. But that event that they're thinking on that has driven them. It will always be the same. You can't change it. So would would it be fair then to say that maybe the first step to uh, eradicating the, the trauma that's ongoing would be to accept the traumatic event? Yeah, you, you've got to come to a place where it doesn't anger you anymore and it doesn't depress you so much anymore. You know God is in control of everything that happens to us. Nothing happens to us that, that does not is not sifted through his fingers. We have to come to a point where we can accept it. Then the acceptance, you can begin to work backwards uh, from that chronic reaction. You can work backwards. And uh, uh, the event, it never goes away. And, it, and I'm not saying it's never, it, it stops being painful. You just stop reacting to it. Okay, not to, not to go down the theological trail too far, but I think this is important because you just said something that to a lot of people sounds like um, God let this happen or God made this happen. He's the cause of the traumatic event, which creates an impossible. You, you can't have a relationship with a God that you don't think is good. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 thank you. That, that's uh, that's not what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, God does not uh, do evil. But God does not make us robots, and he does not make us marionettes on a string. And there are evil people in the world. And people say, well, why can't he just stop that evil person? Well, if he starts that, <laughs> none uh, there, there, yeah, then, then all we are, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want the other extreme where we've got no free will at all mm-hmm. to make decisions or choices that you're going to do what you're going to do no matter what you do, you know. No, God didn't predestine you for this event. Um, it happened because there's evil people in the world. Yeah. He grieves it as much as we grieve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got answers for it. That's and, that's key. And and he's he's he says you, you, you live by the truth, and that thing that has you imprisoned can pre- imprison you no more. The truth will make you free. Yeah. It will give you the freedom. And so you deal with the truth of, of the event. It did happen, um, and you can't change it. Um, and God knows, um, but he has um, lovingly decided not to intervene in every situation of man. 
Yeah, and you know the scripture that if anybody's been in church for a while, they've heard you know or maybe seen on a on somebody's wall, God works all things together for yes. good, and then there's yeah. more to it. You know, uh, but yeah. the the idea there, I think if we read it correctly, I mean it's easy. It, it it's nothing to work good things together for good. Yeah, you don't know. There's no hard work being done there, right? The miracle mm-hmm. comes in God taking the bad things which are bad and making something good come out of it. Uh, and that trauma cycle that you're talking about prevents that. Yeah. Yes, it prevents it. it. It doesn't let you get back to it. There's not going to be a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I wrote this, uh, a lot of people thought, I, by the way, I'm not a psychologist. And I, in the book, I give that disclaimer. I'm not a psychologist. Um, I, I'm not a medical doctor. I, um, I've had the highest levels of education, you know, the terminal degrees, and I've had all kind of psychology in those. In fact, one of the one of the classes that I took, I had to take five evaluations, and those evaluations were psychological and adjective and personality and and all that. Then that created some numbers, and so the professor, who was Dr. Rice, who was brilliant, uh, he could look at those numbers and tell you what was going on with you mm-hmm. because humans, we do react a lot, but I didn't want to write from a, what academia calls a, a, a psychological uh, a posture. I didn't want to write from, a, from a, I'm, my degree is in Bible theology, and <clears throat> the Holy Scriptures are far more accurate about our human psychological condition than any psychology book, Randy, ever written. Yeah. I mean, the words of that book come from the one who created the essence of who we are and he knows us better than we know ourselves because psychology tends to pigeonhole human beings into behavioral groups mm-hmm. but the bible approaches us individually mm-hmm. it doesn't group us together mm-hmm. it approaches us individually and goes straight to the heart and i love it i love this the author of that book <laughs> the bible he invites you to converse with him at any time his shingle is always out. His door is always open. His answers are always personal. And his prognosis is always spot on. Mm. So that's where I came from. And then this beautiful thing is, it, 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 just let me say this. It, if I wrote the Bible and I had heroes in the Bible like David and Paul and Peter and, and Moses and Elijah, there's no way I would write about their warts, (laughs) you know, and their failures. I wouldn't allow that to go because I want to build this person up. But God allows us to see that and so that we can relate to it. And this book then takes Bible characters like Mary and Martha. They lost the, the trauma in their family was death. Yeah. You know, and in Job, the first three Three chapters of Job are nothing but anxiety, you know, and then Elijah, isolation. He isolated himself, and he wanted to commit suicide. Mm. He said, I'm no better than my ancestors. God, just take my life. Kill me. Um, He's been where some have been. He he had that same mental um, confusion, I guess you would call it, uh, because that's really what trauma is. I love what Jane Le- how Jane Levy uh, uh, identified what trauma is. She said, let's see if I can remember it. She said, 
Trauma is like a pebble hitting the windshield of a car. At the point of impact, it shatters across the field of vision, obscuring reality and challenging beliefs. So when that pebble hits the windshield and your windshield shattered, you can't see reality. And most people, uh, when trauma has shattered their reality, now, it, now it, it's going to affect their belief system. Well, these all of these Bible characters had the same thing. I mean, with with uh, Peter, uh, he was he hooked his star to Jesus. He saw him get taken in the garden. He pulled his sword out and swung it, I think for the head, but he only got the ear of the servant, you know, and, and then the next thing for him to do was to lie. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a safe place. Oh, wow. He lied about it. He was living by lies until he realized that and wept bitterly. So all, all of these Bible characters, we go and we see the fear, the anxiety, the moodiness, the isolation, the lying, and then the hardest to get over the hardest area will be ourselves. We just can't seem, we blame God. We blame God, it's a blame game. That's what Mary and Martha did when they met Jesus yeah. on the road. All of them said, had you been here? Yeah. This wouldn't happen. Yeah, God, where were you? Yeah, it, it, their first uh, words to him were accusatory. Hmm. Um, hmm. So uh, seeing all these people, I think gives us a, what, what would you call it? Uh, misery loves company. <laughs> and they got over it. And they went from fear to faith, from anxiety to assurance, from moodiness to maturity, from isolation to involvement. That's how God got, that's what he did with Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. His isolation. He got him involved with the widow. Well, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, because what you're talking about, well, I mean, there's nobody in the Bible that didn't experience trauma, including Jesus. Yes. Um, what you're saying is that there's hope and i think oh. the person who's stuck in that cycle uh needs to know there is hope uh, i want to show people your book again it's called set free, uh, set free. by dr j otis ledbetter uh the subtitle released from the damage of trauma when we talk about ptsd we hear this a lot uh you know it used to be just almost a military thing and now it seems to be applied to, to a lot of situations, but is it PTSD basically that cycle of just cycling through the trauma over and over, is. never mm -hmm. getting a different outcome and never, you, 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 we say getting over, which sounds to the person who's been traumatized, like the stupidest thing you could say of just get over it. Right. But that's, you're not saying just dismiss it. You're saying move, move to a place of health. Uh, is, is that PTSD sort of just swimming in that cycle? Yeah, it is. And it's PTSD is probably in the dark side of that cycle um, because it's a post-traumatic, uh, it's a disorder. Yeah. And and uh, most our trauma is a garden variety trauma. And um, uh, for me, um, in my life, I've had trauma, but I have never felt the trauma of a rape victim. Right. I, I, I could never feel the trauma of, I've not been in war yeah. of my nephew who, who had to shoot a child oh. because that child was strapped with a bomb that was coming toward company. Mm. And even today, um, that's difficult for him. Mm. And, um, so that's really down on the dark side of it. Um, 
as a pastor, I deal with a lot of garden variety trauma, and that is that is easier. But I and this book is this book doesn't really go into that dark side, the depth of it. If if a person is there, I would advise them to seek uh, some professional help that really can get them out of that. That's what my nephew does, and he really has come out of it with, with that professional help. I, I would think, I mean, the work would be harder when the hole's deeper in a sense, but it, aren't the principles the same? Yeah, they're the same. They're the same. And, and, and I'm not saying the Bible can't bring a, a, a person who's uh, struggling with uh, PTSD. I'm, sure. I'm not saying that. Right. I, I was saying that for myself. It's above my pay grade. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, well, and, 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 you know, I mean, the, the reality is we need, I think God designed the world so that we need people. Uh, yes. And, and so there's no shame. I mean, cause like, like well, I opened up, you know, I, I couldn't fix, I have, I have titanium plates in my face. There's no way I could have put them in and screwed them into my skull and gotten it right. We yeah. need help. I mean, there are some help. situations where you just need help. And the grace of God, whether it's through the medical community or through the psychological community, I would always recommend a, a Christian counselor or psychologist if you need someone with that level of experience uh, so that they don't ignore the spirit. But um, we need professional help. I mean, there's no shame in that. Nobody shamed me for going to uh, the, the, what are they, the max, maxial facial, whatever experts they yeah, are over uh -huh. in Dallas. Nobody ever looked at me and said, well, where's your faith? You know, but yeah. we, we tend, sometimes that happens or we think that that's the case oh, that's really good when point. we're suffering deep, deep yeah. trauma. Uh, and and really we just got to say, no, go get the help you need. Yeah. You know? Larry Crabb in his book, Connecting, Dr. Larry Crabb, who's a Christian psychologist, he, uh, he's very well respected. Uh, he said something that really helped me as a pastor. Uh, because sometimes we think, well, this is above my pay grade. I shouldn't be going there. And actually, when I was writing this book, I considered that, prayed over that. That I, I uh, um, But he says in his book, Connecting, that um, he has learned over the years that most people who some say they have psychological disorders are not psychological disorders at all. They're just disconnected people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, the average Joe who has studied his Bible or her Bible for a long time, they have answers. And to sit down with people who have gone through trauma and uh, gone through a traumatic event, and now they're experiencing the trauma, their reaction to it, if you can just sit down with them and understand their reaction, get into the scriptures and you move them back mm -hmm. to, uh, it, it's very helpful. They're just, like he said, a lot of them are just disconnected people. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. There's something uh, in the notes that your publisher sent that I want to ask you about because I thought, okay, this is this is interesting. And it gets to the core of uh, people who have been uh, abused or, you know, taken advantage of by others. In other words, I didn't do this. Someone else did it to me because mm -hmm. I know that can be difficult. When you, It says, how does defining the faults of others actually define who we are? What does that mean? Yeah, that, that that that's really true because defining the faults of others comes in in the context of a blame game, and and so we don't we do not want that um, uh, we we don't want that blame on us. So we seek somebody else to blame, and so then we 
we find others with faults and then we blame them. I, 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 I did. I really talked about it, and one of the, what I said in it is that blame is an unkind tool of the guilty. Okay. And okay. and so <clears throat> when you don't want that on you, you find somebody you can transfer that onto, and you blame them, and you blaming them, you're really saying something about you. For instance, I, 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 I address that with Mary and Martha. When they came to Jesus, he was to blame because they thought he he had the answer. Mm. And if you'd have been here, you see, so Mary and Martha's from from fear to faith, they had a real fear. You have to understand their fear. It wasn't just that they lost a brother. That's bad enough. But in those days, women were second class citizens, and they held no yeah. uh, future to the uh, to the inheritance. So they would have to go get married or they would have to find somebody that takes care of them. So they lost their security. They lost their future, mm. not just a brother. Mm. And Jesus could have taken care of that if he'd have been here. He just lollygagged. Mm. He, he didn't come down when we called him. And now when, and, and it's, it's interesting, Martha faces him face to Now Mary knelt before him when she went there, but Martha was face to face with him, nose to nose with him. And she's the one that told him, get Mary to help me because she's in here with you and I'm in the kitchen, I'm doing everything. So will you tell her to come in and help me? So if she got angry, then she's really going to get angry now, (laughs) you know, because of where she is. And Jesus tried to settle her down, uh, knowing that she just put the blame on him. Well, that really says more about Martha than it says about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 um, uh, then Jesus said to him, he's going to be resurrected. It, you, don't you know that he's going to be resurrected? And she said, yeah, I believe you're the Christ, and I believe that he will be resurrected. But that's in the last days when everybody else is resurrected, too. I'm talking about right now, she said. Right, to right. I need you now. <laughs> I need you now. Yeah. And and they had the talking points. Uh, obviously, they had spread it because when Mary said, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, when Mary came, she said the same thing, if you had been here. On his way to the tomb, those people that were following Jesus were saying the same thing. He loved Lazarus. If he had been here, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus wept there because of their unbelief. And even when he went to the tomb and he told him to roll away that stone, Martha said, "Don't do that. It stinks. Yeah. There's nothing but death in that tomb." She didn't believe there was life in that tomb. Yeah. And the whole time, it was the blame of Jesus. And until she saw. Lazarus at the mouth of that tomb, and her faith was, uh, uh, her, her her fear was turned into faith. Um, well, that's good. So that's the blame game is, the, is what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that's that's just one of the, the stories that you deal with in the book, and that's really, that's good, that's encouraging, uh, because we, we oftentimes don't want to deal with the trauma because we're like, man, that stinks. You don't want to go in there. Yep. But when you let Jesus deal with it, Yes. He can bring life out of what he brings life been. out of it. Yeah. Okay. And, now, and go go ahead. Uh, follow follow their their path. Nobody goes from from fear to faith just like that. Right. It, it from from fear they went into fighting. They fought with Jesus. They went into fault finding, <laughs> and then their faith came. You, you see well, now when, when when they when they let him do what Jesus can, only Jesus can do. Yeah, yep. When they turn loose. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And, and so it's, and it's, you know, with Job, the same thing. Job, the first three chapters of Job are nothing but anxiety. The next 35 chapters are how he, he, he searched for answers. <laughs> he needed answers. Yeah. It, just like we do. We want answers. Mm -hmm. And he even went to his friends, and his friends gave him the wrong answers. Mm -hmm. um, and he was in anguish. So Job, from, from anxiety to assurance, he went through anxiety to anguish to answers, to assurance. And arguing, arguing with God. Uh, arguing, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's arguing. another alliteration, too. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's good. I'm going to go back and put that in. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so people that, that are, you know, half an hour into this and going, you know, maybe there's hope for me, that you just go go get the book. That's, that's what it looks like. There's yeah. uh, Dr. Ledbetter's name and spelling the website is joledbetter.com so you can get to it, it quickly there but um uh, we could go on and on and and it would help people but I, I really just need to point them to your resource let me ask you one final question because as you've been dealing with this uh, with situations whether it's in schools or in, in your church uh, or just feedback from the book since it's been out those who say, okay, I'm ready to, to get out of this cycle of reliving the trauma and to, to deal with it and to let Jesus do what only Jesus can do and maybe to get some help from other people because, I mean, Jesus told them what? Hey, roll away the stone. He had people do some of the heavy lifting. You had to it's, do it. Yeah, yes. so, I mean, what, however you need to get it. And, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a throw-everything-at-the-situation kind of guy. So it's like, hey, if I'm going to deal with a problem, let's throw everything at it. You know, get get some help. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a psychologist. Pray. Get in the Word. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go at it. What have you seen when people have decided I'm gonna address this trauma issue and I'm gonna move from these negative places that you talked about to the positive places that you talked about? Are you seeing results? Yes. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, a lot of the people here at this church. We're not a large church. We're six or seven hundred members. Um, uh, but um, this is this is a good church. I'm fortunate to be their pastor. But after this, one after another, they still they still talk about this. They say when you when you spoke on trauma, when you did this, when you I was here and I was there, and then they will tell me, you know what I've done? I've come from there, and this is where I am now, Pastor. I wish I had all those testimonies to tell you, but the uh, I like a. I may have told you when before the before we started the show today, but um, I've had more responses off of this sermon series than I have had the whole thirty six years I've pastored this church. Wow! And the responses come uh, on a weekly basis. Back when you spoke on trauma, back when you spoke on trauma, um, people bought this book ten, fifteen at a time uh, out of the church to send to people because in it. I think it's page 74. It's not a long book. So if people, I didn't, I didn't write a long book. I think it's only 84 pages or something. Um, but I think on page 74, is it there or some, there's comebacks. I love come, you know, uh, I oversimplified that field goal kicker yeah. early on. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, he's going to wait till next year and he's going to make a comeback. Uh, okay. And, uh, you can make a comeback. I think it's page 74. No, 74 is blank. It'd be, uh, oh, 
No, it's page 80. 78 is where you started. Yeah, 78 and 80, the comeback. Yep. Yeah, you can make destructive behaviors and the comebacks in it. And those will help you uh, in uh, getting um, uh, some answers to the traumatic event you experienced and the trauma that you're experiencing by reliving it chronically. Um, and you got to stop that. So you got to find out how to stop that. Yep. And there's hope. There is hope. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what some of you needed to hear. If you know someone that needs to hear this, that needs some encouragement, just, just sometimes, you know, the, the biggest thing is just shifting our perspective. Uh, and when we're staring at the trauma and reliving the trauma, sometimes if you just are able to help somebody turn their head a little bit and see beyond what they've been focused on, that could be the first step towards mm. healing. Uh, mm. And if you know somebody in that situation, I would encourage you to uh, to share this. If you're in that situation, I would encourage you to the, the thoughts that maybe have the little sparks, the embers that are, are, maybe there is hope for me. Fan that flame because there is. Uh, and if Dr. Ledbetter's book can help, it will. If you need to take other steps to reach out to talk to somebody, do that. But don't stay in the trauma. Don't keep reliving it. It's not Amen. past isn't going to change, but your future can. So Amen. again, Dr. Ledbetter, thank you so much. I appreciate your insight and your time. Thanks for having me, Randy. Thank you guys for watching. If you haven't liked, followed, subscribed, I would encourage you to do that what now. You say with the Lord? Again, hit share. Check out Set Free. You can get out of I that cycle of trauma and come back. We've got more for you next time here on Life Today Live. No longer will I rely upon my goodness, upon my personality. But Lord, I just come as a bankrupt sinner saying, Lord, have mercy on me.